This podcast is rated M for Mature, Peggy 18, and R100. Everything I know, I learn from Frank Miller, and everything I do, I do as fast as flash run quarterback status, and then some. Damn the new 52, buying up every issue on DC, not exclusively what I'm into, bastards, comics with the healthy Wolverine classics. Sold down below, so anything can go. Hell be exclusively filled with past enemy. Save a And you killed your dad for the second time in hell, man. Tell me that's not badass. Man, tell me that ain't badass. It goes Batman Detective here on the dark night and robbing. I'm robbing. Stop and I'ma lose my damn mind Like Logan this time All possessed by the red right hand Fighting X-Man Storm just chilling Nemesis laughing Cyclone mentally prepares for eye blasting Novels with the graphics Picture strips See comics need to settle down Just a little bit and go back underground Life for permanent bastards Got it right though They write to keep the scene on the right track So they read stack after stack And report a back Someone gotta stab these creators in check, man. And the verdict is Jason Aaron, yeah, he's in check. Tony Daniel, yep, in check. If you read a comic, put it back. Plastic sleeve, hard cardboard back. Then in the milk crate, black. Filed alphabetically, no, seriously. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> To the Cog Bastards podcast. I am your host, Dustin, who still can't get a what is that? A call in or no? It's not a, it's not a call sign. Call nope. sign. An opening. Is it a call sign? Well, I don't, like know. I don't know exactly. What are you talking about there? Like but... your trademark opening, if you will. Oh, something. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, like Avengers Assemble. Well, yeah. But I mean, something that starts a podcast rather than sounds like let's beat some ass. So. I mean, I feel like we should start with let's beat some ass. <laughs> so that's how you should just start it. It's like, hi, yeah, you know, I'm Dustin Gabeel. Let's beat some ass. Let's beat some ass. Yeah. With some dicks. Uh, and oh, I'm joined yeah. by Steve, if you haven't figured that part out yet. Howdy, Jesus. You will be the dick on the ass. I will be. <laughs> that is my lot in life. I have pulled that card and I will embrace it. I will lean in. I'll do what I have to. Steve, how has it been? these last two weeks i know busy but what's been busy i've been getting busy no i haven't because i got yeah, a kid no, not, at all. not you, at all you look like a man who needs to get busy i constantly i came out of the womb looking like this dustin <laughs> <laughs> your mom all. was just like oh no we're putting yeah. a bag on that face <laughs> oh he cannot damn. look like that all the time it's true it's true i usually hit it from behind uh, yeah, no, it's I have been super busy, but as you've just heard to kick off the show, my child, I think you heard her maybe screaming granny, which uh, she's been all over the place today. She's talking to her granny in Scotland right now, which is hilarious. Um, I honestly, I, Did you see the meme that was going around this last week with the dude who was on the BBC and his kids like rocked in? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. 
Are you are you sick of seeing that because it's goddamn everywhere? Steve, you are the third person, <laughs> second person today to mm. bring that up to me. I know, same here. I but I did every facet of media that I have gone to. I've seen it in the memes. I've seen it in real news. I I can't get away from it. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I saw it uh, at a Burger King. I was just like, "Come on, man, dude, come on." Why did you see it at a Burger King? Because it was on the giant TV. They have a giant TVs at Burger King now where they just like play random shit. One time I was watching Dr. Phil and I looked and there was like seven guys and we're all just like really into it. We're just like, yeah, fucking tell her, Dr. Phil. And she can't live her life that way. So <laughs> Don't you tell her how to live her life, Phil. And there's just some guy in the background. Shut up, Gary. Shut up, listen Gary. We're trying to fucking watch Dr. Phil. All right, I don't get a half an hour to listen to your bullshit. I get a half an hour to listen to his bullshit. I'll get yeah. back to sucking my dick for those jalapeno fries. Yeah, come on, what Burger King are you at? I don't know. The one that's all future. about the chicken sticks. Chicken. See, I haven't gone to a goddamn Burger King in forever. It's the Still only thing that. walking distance for me. Oh, man. Still got that Whopper? Still got that Whopper with cheese? That double they got, Whopper? They got a double. They got a triple Whopper now. Shut like, the fuck oh, up. Oh, McDonald's, you got your grand, your Burger King, or your uh, McGrand or whatever it is that they only serve during lunchtime. It's like a bigger... Big Mac, Steve. All right, wait. Is this they like the failed brand? Is I bet they do. Is this is it like the failed? Remember the Arch Deluxe? Did we talk about the Arch Deluxe? No, I don't. Do you think remember that? So. It was it was the burger that was like marketed to be for adults only. Like kids would not like this burger because it was so special. I mean, I made I of cigarettes actually, and whiskey, basically. I don't actually know anything about McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that they have a. a Grand Mac. That sounds like a really good mac and cheese, and I don't think that's no, what they're just, shilling. It looks like a Big Mac, only it's supposed to, I guess, be more patty. Like like a woman named Patty? Like it's made for yeah. people? Okay. She's just like, you're going to die. You keep eating this. And you're like, <laughs> all like, right, Patty, ease up. I'm just going to have one today. I'm going to have zero. I don't. I mean, like, I, I eat at Burger King. It's just like, all right, time to get out of the house for once. I mean, that's fair. I don't mind Burger Why are we talking about Burger King? Now I don't know. You you were talking about your daughter talking yeah, to her so granny and then Burger talking King. Talking to her granny, Ganny. She was on the phone with her and they were on Skype. And <laughs> my mother-in-law, as I've mentioned before, is from Scotland. And mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. she's an old Scottish biddy. Mary is her name. She's great. And she, they were trying to figure out why. The computer sound wasn't working. Very similar to what you and I were experiencing before we got on the air today. Yep. Uh, but they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. And so I rocked in, and they were just like yelling because she's partially deaf. <laughs> she like couldn't hear a goddamn like she's thing. She's gonna switch over to this. Hold on. What are they saying? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Go go back. We're, we're fine. She's a big fan of comics. Actually, she's not. But she's got a wicked collection of old. Um, was it two thousand AD? Mm-hmm. Uh, like old, the old magazines just chilling up in her crawl space, and she brought them down. She's like, "What do you think of these?" It's like, "I would like you to let me have these. <laughs> this is what I would like it from our relationship." Um, <laughs> She's like, "Whatever." Yeah, I should take them. But so I was like trying to figure out, trying to help them figure it out. I was like, "Okay, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this?" I'm like, "Oh no, no!" And they're getting all flustered. Meanwhile, my kid is running around yelling "EIO" because she wants to hear old McDonald's. Uh, um, and uh, I'm I sure know you know that, that feel. feel. Yeah. That is so fucking great. Let me tell you, everybody, you will know every fucking nursery rhyme, even ones that you don't know exist. Oh, I know new ones that people have made 
in the last year. Oh, okay. I thought you like meant specifically for you. Oh, no. If someone made me a nursery rhyme, I'd kill them. (laughs) Yeah, the worst is when you're just sleeping and it just seeps into your dream and you're just like, get the fuck out of here, dream. This is my time. Yeah. Anyway, so your child's singing E-I-E-I-O. Yeah, it's a disaster. And I'm just like, have you tried? Have you looked to see if there are headphones plugged in to the computer? (laughs) (laughs) And I shit you not. The reason that they were not hearing, she's like, oh, right. Oh, there's headphones, headphones in the computer. And so they, she goes down. Your Scottish like, accent is fantastic, sir. Thank you. I have spent a lot of time around them <laughs> uh, in very many good ways. Uh, but this was just, this kicked off my podcasting for this evening. So a little bit rattled. Um, I've got my gin, though. I've <laughs> Thank got, God. I mean, I, I think you always have your gin but i will always have my gin if i could have like an iv that i could just walk around with i'd be happy i could just be somewhat drunk all the time but not have liver failure (laughs) oh now that's living the dream my friend we'll get there 2020 is just around the corner steve i'm sure by then (laughs) exactly we'll have to have self-driving cars because everyone will be drunk 24 7 so I have the weirdest boner right now dustin so you better say something else quickly that's my future man i like to even bright beautiful your future is my boner no <laughs> your boner i meant positive positive future that makes oh, people happy like hiv positive because i got that cleared out dude we got that cured kind of some kind of something you know thanks Matt johnson doing all right he's fun he's magic a lot of mcdonald's himself just to bring that all back around <laughs> something else what does he own maybe some k fucks i don't remember K fucks. Yeah, that's why I call KFC K fuck. Oh, I thought that was that movie with um, Kevin Spacey. That's all of them. That's oh that movie. Oh god, he's like, let me win an Oscar and then follow up with this shit. Yeah, that's it's one for them and one for the bin. That's what it is. <laughs> that was one for the. Let me uh, let me make sure this isn't successful at the box office because of my paycheck. <laughs> um. I was going to say something else. Now I don't remember. Oh, K-Fuck, since we're talking about fast food and shit. The uh, golden chicken, Steve. Was it the uh, Georgia Gold? Georgia ah. Gold? Yeah, it's probably the best thing KFC's ever done other than just like their normal chicken until it became all weird and half mutant birds or whatever they do now. So, Man, there's that boner again. Look. First of all, you say golden chicken. I think golden showers. Secondly, you say Georgia gold. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's Georgia gold. It's like a honey mustard. That is definitely a WWE superstar. Secondly, <laughs> you weren't just making shit up right now. Georgia gold, <laughs> finishing move, the golden showers. And then she just like pees on you. She does like the Bronco Buster, but right before she, she hits you, she just stops midair and just like full on flood. I think that'd get our president back in the ring. Oh, God damn. It's like you were waiting all week for someone to say something about it. It's like you set me up. You were like, oh, I know. No, you set me up when you said golden showers. I was like, keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Um, Back on comics, Steve. Uh Uh-huh. It's time for a segment we call Unpopular Comic Book Opinions. Mm -hmm. And you have one for us today. I do. Uh, we were talking about this before the show, and I don't know exactly how to frame it still, but I'm just going to put it out there. You got to do what you got to do right now. I will. 
man. Okay. So a few years ago, well, probably longer than that, there has been a renewed interest in what has been described as all ages comics. Now, this is not what I would say is the exact definition of the term, which is comics that are for all ages, but rather ones that have like a very simple message, ones that are seemingly for children, but um, kind of like your your Lumberjanes or your, um, I guess, kind of Squirrel Girl, I guess, kind of uh, My Little Pony, um, those kind of things, the very super cartoonish ones. Mm-hmm. Well, not that Lumberjanes is particularly cartoonish, but it has that kind of kid-driven story. I Boombox. Boombox. Everything that's on Boombox, basically. And it's not that I have a problem with those things existing. I like as many facets in a medium as there can be, because I think that's great. Mm -hmm. My problem is, and I think I've talked about it on the show before, is that the people championing these things, these ideas, are not like the kids who are reading them. Um, I, I don't think that any kids are really interested in that. If they go into a comic book shop, they're not going to want to consume things that are, like, unlike adults, that they think they should. They're going to consume things that they want to. That's why they like candy, you know? So they're going to, like, just jump on uh, on Superman or they're going to jump on Batman or Captain America or something. And those aren't being really written for kids, which is fair enough um, anymore. <laughs> also, we were talking about before the show, uh, Bane, naked, suplexing Batman. You know, you wouldn't really get that necessarily in the old, the olden days of your. But Tom King took him to Suplex City. He took him to Suplex City, and it was fucking glorious. Bane's so giant Bane dong just like came up and slapped him. It was just like completely green because of all the venom. It's just he, all those tubes just go right oh. to his hawang. They're just catheters. <laughs> they just go right up there. So he blew his dick out. He blew his dick out. Damn. Him and Stallone got a lot in common. How did Stallone blow his dick out? Oh, come on, man. Stallone blew his dick out with all the steroids. He's got a pump for his dick. No, he doesn't, does he? Yeah, he does. How do you know? Are you talking to him? No, I knew a guy that knew the nurse that helped with the dead series. These are baseless fake news that you're kidding us with. How come Sloan doesn't have more kids? How come he's not walking around with arm candy all the time? Because he's fucking smart, man. Because he's doing his podcast on comics and he's not having the kids bust in <laughs> every five seconds. That's why. I'm just saying he blew the dick out. Well, maybe he did it because he was just rocking so much fans. That's probably what it was. It was all the steroids. You don't blow your dick out from banging too much. Is that, not, is that true? If not, there would be a graveyard of broken dicks in the porn industry. That's the graveyard of broken dicks is going to be the name of my first album, by the way. That's going to be like real contemporary, like nouveau folk. Oh, that sucks. I'm out. But uh, anyway, back to your... So speaking of kids. <laughs> speaking of kids. Speaking of kid-friendly. Thing. I don't think we should ever say that again. I'm <laughs> not um, ending up on a database. <laughs> I just, I guess I don't really understand. I think it's popular to like these things and to champion things. And I've heard other critics of the genre, of the genre, of the medium kind of saying things like, oh, I think it's more important for things to be important than for things to be good. Um, And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. And I think that bleeds down into these all ages books, which are 
yeah, they're important and they have like really good messages, but, and, and I guess they're good. I mean, they, they win awards, but it, are they, are they really that good? Do we really, do we really need it? And if you're getting your, if you're like measuring your moral barometer based on what you learn and what should be for children, um, you probably need to grow up a little bit because if your idea of morality, of ethics, of friendship is so black and white or not nuanced enough that it can be shoved into a My Little Pony book or something of that nature, I don't know. And, and admittedly, we are on a comic book podcast, okay? I understand that you don't, like I don't go to comic books completely for stories that either confirm or critique my own personal moral barometer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just go to it for fun. Um, but there are stories out there that do do that. I think we talked about Transmetropolitan last uh, last time we spoke. And I think that's a really good example. That is something that makes you think about the way of things are in life and presents relationships that are not so black and white. And I think that's a problem. Now, do I think that there should be comic book for books for kids? Absolutely, for sure. I want my kids to be reading those kind of things as well. But I just think if you're just championing them because they're important and not because they're good for kids, I don't know. There's something weird there, right? Yeah. Or is that just me? I don't know. No, I think I would uh, horribly disagree with anything. Just the fact that people have stated it that way, that it doesn't have to be good. It just has to kind of exist and get a message out. Like that's terrible. Like, cause if it's the wrong message or if you're not paying close enough attention because you just think, hey, this is a great message, or everyone says it has a great message, uh, you can miss some nuances of like, oh, this has some like undertones of this and of that, and I don't think I'd uh, you know, want that my kid reading that or whatever. Hmm. Um, but like, I think you kind of nailed it off air was, is when you said that it's, for, it's a lot of people without kids saying this is good for kids. Hmm. And um, I think... I could speak for both of us, but we, you don't know shit until you actually have one. And that's just kind of, you know, and people hate hearing that, but like, Oh, you, you won't understand until you have kids. It's just, there are just certain things in life that you cannot understand until you go through it. I will never understand or not understand. I'll never experience racism and understand it the way someone who experiences it on the daily will. And it is very much one of those things like, you don't, it's like going to a new job. You don't understand the job until you're, you know, kind of trained and doing the job. The same thing. A kid is a fucking job. It is a job that never <laughs> ends. It never ends, Steve. Yeah. You go to bed and wake up and it, the job is still there. Sometimes you're sleeping. The, the job is like, you're on pay, you're on call 24 fucking seven. Uh, yes. That you could probably hear my child <laughs> screaming as you I say. Know you're right <laughs> Come out of here and love me. Um, Give me hugs. I want cuddles. So, I mean, that's my thing is like, it's fine that you want to put a message out there, but I still think at the end of the day, you should have an entertaining and good story. Like true all ages to me, like I go to the Muppets every time. The Muppets are a perfect example of that because they had humor that you could get on the adult level, that you could get on the kid level, and that you could get anywhere in between. Um, And like... And that's not necessarily meaning that all all ages has to be humorous, but that's like my perfect example of if you want all ages, that's what the Muppets do. 
old Muppets, not the not the not new the ones new. where where Kermit was basically just like, I pork a lot of pigs. Get it? I love me bacon. I love to get inside it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wow. You're just like, whoa. Look, I like to Can fuck swine. I like to fuck yeah. swine. Um, that's, and who that's what he said. Sorry. But see, the thing is with the old Muppets, I think that they led with entertainment. They led with yeah. good writing. Jim Henson was a genius. Like all of these kind of things. The, the production quality of everything that went into it was showed how much how passionate they were for that product rather than the message they were trying to impart and that made for a good product um i do think that certain things you brought up racism i think that certain things are very important to have out there um just because just to have them exist like it's good to have things um which is why i don't mind that they exist but we have to judge them Oh, this is gonna no. I don't want to go into talking about meritocracy because it's it's, it's just a no-win <laughs> situation. Um, it really is. It's like it's pointless. But yeah, I just think that people should judge things a little bit. Like if you're an adult, you need to judge things a little bit differently if they're written for children or if the messages they're trying to impart are so simplistic. Um, and if you're you're saying that's good for your kid, as you're saying like we are, like people who have children. And that's fine. That's cool. If you want them to consume that kind of entertainment and you think it's got value to it, great. But don't fucking read it yourself and be like, oh, this is such a good message. You know, we should all be loving this and telling your people to buy it because it's it's not it's not it's not that great. Like it's yeah. it's not impressive if you're just doing if that's what you're learning from these things. And I, well, I don't know. It just grinds my gears. <laughs> And uh, I mean, I'll add one more thing to this whole conversation. Um, like some of the examples you've given, like My Little Pony and and others. Because I, I mean, I, I read a lot of the all ages stuff. I can't, ever since you've said three, I can't think of any more. But I've read a lot of it, Steve, mm. especially over the past year. And the number one thing I noticed, because I've also read a shit ton of kids books in the last year, is that the comic books... Like you said, they're very simplistic and they are written down to the audience, which is not a way to instill or teach morals. Um, one thing I, I have noticed and learned from kids books is that they want to bring the child up to the level. They want you to rise up and get the message like the message is a treat. Like you have to understand that you could just be entertained all the way through. But when you get it, and it clicks you're like oh i see like the bigger picture here and that's why chill like children's books i think are have way more psychology and uh just frankly better writing than you'll find in any all-age comic book on the market and i mean that like any all-age comic book um well that's can, i want to jump in real quickly yeah. just real quickly because now that you mention it that's because they're written for children Whereas people who are writing these comic books are not writing them for children. They're writing them to impress adults because they're saying, look at the messages that we're putting inside these. Give me an Eisner award. And it's like, I, I can see past your shit, man. Like yeah, you just exactly. want to put in a really simple moral message, which is not a bad thing, but you're doing it. Like, I don't know. There's, there's, there's something really weirdly insidious about the way you're doing it. And it's, yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> well, and like, um, because I just do it anyway all the time. I praise them uh, for a second. Like a lot of their, I've read some of their like kid graphic novels and also Scholastic's kids graphic novels. 
they're completely different than what you'll find weekly shelves or trade paperbacks of comic books because again they're not they're writing them for actual kids and and they're not necessarily people that have kids themselves but like understand like they remember how they were raised and they had those morals instilled upon them throughout their life and now they here they are putting it into a story whereas with the comic books a lot of times i get the feeling they're just like this is how i wish it was yeah and and it's like well yeah that's that's fine and i'm not saying you can't wish that and stuff but you can't just say it that way in a story you have to kind of make people want to also have it that way instead of just being like no 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 you're wrong you need to see it the same way you know like mm -hmm. that's just that I mean, we've talked about numerous times how comics are very divided between people that just want their cheesecake and the others that want inclusion without content and then there's people stuck in the middle of just like i just want to fucking get stories you know mm. yeah i want i want bane suplexing batman naked to mean something more than just, just <laughs> a venom dong you know uh, i mean i'm good with that actually that's okay i mean you me. are but i mean i no, but, i like my batman doing batman things not getting fucking not having to why is bane his ultimate villain all of a sudden Okay, but that I is broke his back one day in the nineties when they had nothing else for me to do. <laughs> I know. Just doing other things. This is how Bane talks, by the way. That, talks I, like, know, oh, I know. I don't know it's why like Arnold was fucking Mr. Freeze. He should have been Bane. <laughs> should have been Bane. Uh I mean it's like I'm having a conversation with Bane right now. It's pretty that would break the bot. You just give me the money and the sass or and the juice. The juice is loose. I steal that now too. Just like I stole your tax dollars and your ratings. Whoa, California. Now, he, he wasn't great, but he was all right. So I heard he was okay. Um, I, I, mean, uh, I mean, he, he had a lot of problems, but yeah. Let's just I say mean, I okay. would uh, I'd put a foreigner in the White House if it meant get the other guy out. So, <laughs> uh, yes, I would agree with that too. Um, yeah. But there, uh, show okay, me your birth certificate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As he marries, anyway. Um, As he green cards the entire country. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hey, good on, good on her. No slight on her. Just no, 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 no. That's his hypocritical way. She is, she is clearly being imprisoned beyond her will. Um, but it's regardless, neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but uh, onto comics, and really briefly onto this Bane and Batman thing, just to make it on into comics. A conjecture if you will okay. is that is that um i think that actually does say a lot in that story because it's this guy who is completely just bare ass naked in a very kind of masculine way uh a a, a hyper masculine way this again huh Go yeah ahead. but it's fucking great it's such a great idea it's such a great idea um and but it shows nuance of the character too because he is not just black or white he's not good or evil and in those kind of stories, which are meant for adults now, I'm not talking just specifically about Batman, but it shows the kind of why this person is this way. And, you know, if we appreciated that more now, then we wouldn't be in the real, very real situation that you just brought up with the guy being in the White House. And I think that if we don't, if we stop preaching down to people, if we stop like, you know, saying this is how you should feel, this is what you should buy, this is what you should be reading because it's important, um, it ruins everything and it makes it's it's shaming people into enjoying content that they don't want and when publishers focus on these things look at all the strides that marvel has tried to make within the past few years okay 
And I'm not saying that they're bad, um, but sometimes they just rush things to the point where in September, it's been rumored that they're going to get rid of everything. So they're going to go back to the old Marvel, the, the old standby. So it's going to be Captain America is Captain America, Thor is Thor, blah, blah, blah. Um, at least this is the rumor. I don't know if that's true. But it's because... Probably. I don't know. Maybe those stories didn't work necessarily. I think some of them definitely did. Um, but if it's you're going... they did a bunch on, of hotshot booking, you know? Well, exactly. Like, they. My problem with Marvel for years... Sorry, I'm just going to jump no, no, in here real quick. Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, has been that they respond to an audience that doesn't buy their product. And I, I'm just going to put it that way. You guys but can dude, figure it out. Exactly, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. They, they respond to what people say on social media. And when you look at the hundreds of thousands of people talking about your comic book on Twitter and then the other 100,000 talking about it on Tumblr, and so on and so forth, and then you kind of do the math of how many fucking issues you sold, that should tell you something. That maybe you should spend a little bit of that money into securing your shit so it's not stolen, so these people actually buy it, and then their opinion matters. Because if you don't buy the book, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck all day long if you don't like who's who or whatever. I don't care. So, unless you're actually supporting comics, and I don't mean like, Hey, you can download it here for free, but make sure you support your favorite book because that's bullshit. So, mm. I don't know. That's that's my big problem with Marvel. I'm not surprised in the least that they're just going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Everyone's just everyone. <laughs> We're bringing, making Captain Marvel a dude again. Whatever. Oh, we still got the movie. All right, she stays. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Can we play up her importance in the Marvel universe just a little bit more? Because again, we're just trying to relay a message and not really actually do anything to show why Captain Marvel's badass and stuff. It's weird. When she was Mrs. Marvel, she had a big role. The minute well, made her captain, everyone was just like, I love the hair, and that's all I care. Yeah, that's I had to true. end that sentence awkwardly because it didn't rhyme. I know, because it rhymes. It doesn't end awkwardly at all. It's very rhythmic. Um, but, you know, they, they put a, a superstar behind her, and the superstar became bigger than the book, uh, bigger than the character. And now the character is just completely in a shithole. And I just, I, I'm, I'm very interested in that that example particularly because how are they going to rehab captain marvel not to go into onto yet another tangent from the tangent from the tangent we were talking about but yeah that's where we're here we're tangenting i guess yeah this is the tangent uh universe um yeah. great but universe. It's, it is a great universe yeah i like it um but she's just completely fucked now and it's because i guess they've taken these chances or opportunities to fuck with characters but Sometimes there's really no coming back. Um, and once you let that Leviathan out of its, you know, watery grave and let it come up and fucking start consuming everything, this metaphor is going nowhere. Um, <laughs> I didn't want it, to say Pandora's box. No. Then that sound like oh, Mark yeah, Wade on Twitter. Oh, I don't know what he said on Twitter, but. I don't know. One time he made a Pandora reference and I was just oh. like, come on. Wait, you're better than this. <laughs> and then he was like, block. No, I don't know. He's probably going to block you now. <laughs> I didn't actually respond. Well, I, don't, I don't respond to comic creators on Twitter. Yeah, no, that's probably a good idea. I got blocked by a couple of them because they, when I was still writing uh, in the Halcyon days, when I was still writing reviews for ComicBastards.com. Um, in case you don't know where to go. Exactly. I keep typing um, in the dot .org. Nothing's coming up. Why is it .net? Why is it .gov? What are you guys not telling us? Oh, you should totally get making it a .gov, by the way. I don't that's think where I'm the real allowed to. So. Oh, fuck it. See what they do. They don't even know. They don't know their asses from their elbows right now. They're not gonna 
I don't know if I can. I think that the company that's in charge of the internet won't actually allow you to buy a .gov. Yeah, they'll probably turn off the internet or whatever. Probably what happened. Anyway, all this all these tangential asides aside, um, I don't know. I just I, I guess we do really want good books. I want books that are inclusive. I want books that um, that do entertain kids, but in a in a way that really is for them and not just to impress their parents. And yeah. I think that's that's the biggest problem that I feel is going on right now. Well, and I think it's a big missed opportunity for the industry. Like yeah. writing a all ages Batman book should be a high priority because you're going to get the the hardcores and the hardcores kids and maybe some in-betweeners, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's it's tough because the industry just doesn't like change. And like I said, Marvel they were changing constant. There was this like constant. No one knew what, like I, I was on Reddit the other day looking at something and they were talking about, they were talking about the actual new Miss Marvel and people were like, I don't even know. I don't even know where this, this character came from. It's just like, I can't tell you the landscape of Marvel any given moment because there's just all this shit that's just constantly, you know, Gwen pools, fucking spider Gwen, fucking, 15 Spider-Man, I don't even fucking know. Five Reed Richards, two Thors, one's unworthy, one's got a hammer, I guess, too. I don't know. You know, Captain America's a Nazi. Nick Spencer still has a fucking job. It's just... <laughs> I'm sorry, but if he pitched that to me, I'd be like, and you're off the book. <laughs> so let's get you over to, I don't know, Howard the Duck. Yeah. No one cares about that. You can turn yeah. Howard into a Nazi. No, you can't. Yeah. People love that guy. Um, Apparently not. People like Chip Zdarsky. He's a symbol as well. of freedom. Uh, yeah. I don't understand how Chip Zdarsky still gets work. I don't get that. I don't understand the fascination with that one, but whatever. What do I, uh, I don't know anything about that. He he paid his dues, I guess. No, he's friends with the right people. Anyway. Well, that too, but that's what I mean by pays the dues, you know? Oh, like, yeah. That's how a lot of those creators maintain like everyone's like Charles Soule is the breakout writer of the year and I'm like really? Like really? Really? Do people still say that really? though? Like, I just he, had a press release this week where Marvel is just like he's oh. the best writer of the X-Men gold ever or some shit you know I was just like well yeah Mar Marvel is gonna say that Marvel for sure is gonna say that remember Animanium come Wolverine? Hmm? <laughs> But like you used to only talk about how Mark Guggenheim brought Wolverine back from blood. Now you can talk about cum filled Wolverine. Whoa, filled. Or well, cum covered. So no, I like filled. So like when he tries to pop his claws oh. the first time, he just like comes everywhere. He's like, Bleh. <laughs> he's just like, it's hard being a mutant. <laughs> or whatever they Literally. turned me into because it was stupid. And thanks, Jason Aaron, for fucking that up. Hey, 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 hey. And Jeff Loeb. Thank you. Jesus. Both of them together. Just had a big old Wolverine fuck baby. Uh, that sounds very attractive. Let's just move on because we could uh, rant about what's wrong with comics. But yeah, I think underage comics are not written for children. I agree with you there. Hmm. I think they're written, to, as, as you said, to, for the message. And that comics have a huge missed opportunity and that they don't actually write all age comics. So. That's true. They just they just want people to go out there and be like, you should totally read this because it's so important. Yeah. And then they can wear the t-shirt and show how how 
progressive and inclusive they are, which is great because we are. But come on, man. It's not just well, a T-shirt. They actually just remind me of another quick point. Inclusion always seems like... Uh, what's the word? I had it just a moment ago. It always seems like pandering until it's normal. There you go. Yeah. So some of it is just is pandering other like i said you know is this marvel trying just too hard too desperately too quickly to to like not ruffle fucking feathers and it's like you're you're marvel i mean look at this shirt look at that gun huh you can't hit shit with that you can't even where is it i can't even you gotta point your yeah show them titties ah cable nope it's a bootleg everyone I am not going to give that man any money for this. I wear it <laughs> ironically. I wear it because it's the only good piece of cable art you will ever find, other than yeah. the time his motorcycle turned into a gun. Oh, yeah. But that was such a shitty panel. No one's going to put that on a shirt. I mean, true. Steve, uh, this next segment is called Spoiler. Oh. Fake Clark Kent is Mixelplex. Now, this next segment's called The Worst Thing I Read This Week, The Best Thing I Read This Week. Would, yes. you, uh, would you like to go first? Or you want me to go first? Are you a you know, vocal break? or you? Yeah, I'll take, a, I'll take a vocal break. I want, I want you to, to shit on something now. Okay, Mr. Mr. Weird uh, Giant Keyboard Attached to His iPad. What is yeah, that? This thing's awesome. I got this for work. It's great. Look at that thing. Eh, my service book's better, but that's fine. I bet your service book is better you. Go on. Uh, the worst thing I read this week, Steve. Yeah. Was a manga. Manga? Oh, do you mean a manga? Whatever. I just call it the manga. Do you mean um, a manga? So this year I've been, uh, I subscribed to Weekly Shonen Jump because they had a $9 for the entire year, which was uh, pretty good considering it's usually like 30 bucks or some shit or close to it. Wow. And uh, Wait, they have can, this... I, can I ask a question? Yeah, go, go ahead. What no, what fun. is what is Shonen Jump? Is Shonen Jump a title of a book? It's uh, kind of a title. It's the we would call it an anthology. They call it a magazine. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. Over there, it's like this thick, and that's the girth of it. I was just you know, gonna say. Just I know I had to beat you to it. Five um, inches a bit thick. And it's like because their system's different, they do weekly anthologies and then they collect the shit later. So you'll have like the artists will have to produce and you know 10, 15 pages on a minimum uh weekly. And uh then you just you go and you buy like the giant magazine and then you read whatever stories you want. So for the American version, they trim it down to I think about I want to say eight to ten stories. Uh, and that's like all the American one gets, but, uh, they, and I'm not really sure if it's actually caught up to the, you know, like the Japanese stories or not. I kind of doubt it, but so they do this thing called, um, jumpstart where they're like, Hey, here's some of the new titles that we have tested in Japan. We're going to give you a little bit of a taste and then some of these make it over. So they're, I think six or seven series and some of them have been pretty good some of them have petered out like instantly like there's this really shitty uh x-men one like this x-men knockoff one where japan's ruled by the adult party that's what they call themselves steve the adults, adults party yeah the adults run the world 
big okay. shocker there. Uh, that one was pretty bad, but that's not the one I'm here to talk about. The uh, I guess I'll just wait for the fucking ambulance to drive by. It's because everything. these opinions are way too hot. Got to put out this fire. It's, I'm on an on an ambulance route. I discovered so. Oh, nice. There's two centrally located hospitals, so the ambulance loves my road. No, this one uh, I want to talk about is called Hungry Maria. And, God, Steve, I just, the, I, the concept is that there's a Taoist church, and I'm probably saying that wrong. I don't care. And a Catholic church that are next door to each other in Japan. And the children of the, people that run each respected church, which doesn't make any sense because why does the priest have a daughter, especially for a Catholic one, but whatever. We're just going to completely ignore how religions actually operate because it's a fucking Japanese comic book. And uh, I got a feeling you might have froze there for a second, Steve. Okay. All right. I'm back like a vertebrae. Okay. <laughs> so... The children of these uh, two church leaders are forbidden from talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And then one day the boy just says, you know, fuck it, he's going to talk to her. And he catches her doing some like black magic, like cult shit, like in the middle of a field. So it's really like weird that she's surprised that she got caught doing that. <laughs> like when you're in a fucking field next to a sidewalk, what do you expect to happen? And it turns out that they're branch of the church has been trying to resurrect Marie Antoinette's daughter. Uh, I forget her fucking name because it's really long and Frenchy, but and like the ghost is some for some reason attached to this church in Japan. Right. And the daughter is supposed to become the body that the ghost will inhabit when they resurrect her. Long story short, it ends up in the guy. Ew. So, and then something goes wrong because there was some lightning. And so now he looks like the chick when it's his, his mind. And he talks like himself and stuff like that. And then when she, when the ghost chick gets hungry, they switch. And so she is in his body and he is in hers and they're sharing the same body. So it's a little like Rama one half bullshit type thing. I, I kid you not, Steve. Like, this guy is not even fucking trying with this fucking story. The hair is like generic. The characters are generic. They they break their own just logic process on the same page. Where I'm just like, that doesn't mean you just said this. That doesn't fucking make any sense with that. Um, it's pretty bad. It's pretty fucking bad. I'm kind of just reading it because I decided I was just going to review get since they're only in there for three issues. I was like, fuck it. I'll just read all three chapters and not, not skip shit because otherwise I'm skipping like half of this fucking thing. I, I bought every week because a lot of the shit they put in there, like one piece and, and such. I don't, I don't read at all. I tried to this week and that was real bad too. So I was just like, wasn't he a pirate? Everyone's just talking. There's too many characters. All you do is talking. <laughs> fuck this book. Yeah, I never got into One Piece. I've got some friends who are like fucking hardcore into it, but I never... that's the thing is like the people that are into it are hardcore. The people that aren't are just like fuck that pirate bullshit. Yeah, it's like a dude with the straw hat who can stretch or something. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't. He wasn't doing any stretching. He was just doing a lot of jibber jabbing. Ugh, stretching his gums, that's for sure. Yeah, 
now it's just one of those series that's gone on too long and now it's like we have 25 popular supporting characters and they're all gonna talk every week so that's the worst thing i read i just wanted to kind of i don't know Limber up. yeah it's either that or nancy boy and or nancy boy nancy boy <laughs> nancy drew and the hardy boys uh, uh fucking nancy kinda, boy not doing his push-ups what's the best money. what's the best thing you read this week steve okay well the best you don't have thing, any follow-up questions of that terrible manga because there's yeah, nothing no, to ask i i don't um i don't like you sold me on some some manga before but that that was not one of them <laughs> No, no, I'm not. I'm not encouraging anyone to read it. No, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. hoping it it goes away along with the, uh, you know, knockoff X Men book run by the adult party, adult yeah. diaper party. Adult diapers depends on who you vote for. Get it? Um, yeah, it sounds like just the the plot for Ghost Dad. I think that's pretty much what it was, or Leonard Part Six, one of the two. It's a Bill Cosby movie, regardless. <laughs> Um, the best book I read, I don't know which one I want to start with. I think we're just going to start with the Green Lantern Corps. It's Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Okay. Now, Dustin, you know that I am a big Green Lantern fan. I know that you are a big Green Lantern fan. We together jointly like Green Lantern. Unfortunately, recently in the past, how long would you say? Three, four years? (laughs) When did the new 52 happen? 2011 right all right then yeah six years (laughs) yeah it's been shit for a long time um like fucking dumpster fired garbage shit back to being a joke of the dc universe yeah which is a shit it wasn't even a joke like that's the problem it was just nothing it was just nothing good like which is surprising because robert venditti who we both also like for his stuff at Valiance, um, and he's just been—he's a—he's a solid creator, I think. But just—I don't think he could get a handle on on really what made the concept of the Green Lanterns great, and especially the individual Green Lanterns, which I think is a uniquely difficult thing to do with this property. I would yeah. say, um, because they all well, have the same powers, right? That, and you don't want to be the guy after the guy. Yeah, that's true. That is very so, true. So maybe he just kind of like. I don't know. It's like he knows himself. Whatever this, the editor said yes, and and you got to keep in mind the edit, editorial at the time at DC was just like horrible. It's so. true. It's true. And actually, like what I really like about and this is um how Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number sixteen, which did come out this week, I'm pretty sure, uh, this past week. And um, <laughs> Dustin's like, I don't know. I'm just distracted by you moving the camera constantly. I'm sorry. I just wanted to give you that kind of like. I see feel. all your Green Lantern paraphernalia. You see it? It's I right. saw it already. Wait. Right there. Right there. Um, you missed the other stuff right there. Oh, yeah. That's Because <laughs> people are watching this. People are consuming this visually. Which reminds it's me, summer. I've got to come shirtless in the summertime. Uh, we'll be okay, doing fun. cameras off then folks pantsless then um as long as i don't see it <laughs> that's what she said anyway uh you'll never see it coming stop it hal jordan the green lantern Corps number 16 uh-huh. what i love about this and what i was saying before is what um jeff johns admirably wanted to do when he did this whole rebirth thing was combine 
what made the 52 genuinely intriguing, which is kind of this rebirth, kind of we're, we're going to still take the things that are new, but we're also going to weave in some of the old shit that everybody's been missing. And what's great about what happened in number 15 is that Guy Gardner, who is objectively the best Green Lantern of all time, um, shows objectively. up. Objectively the best Green Lantern of all time. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, shows up. Like, the, the whole remit now of the Green Lantern Corps, which is kind of a little bit hokey uh, from the sounds of it, but actually does work, is that the Sinestro Corps and the Green Lantern Corps are now working together um, because Sornik Natu, who is the daughter of Sinestro but was a Green Lantern, is now running the Corps. So they've kind of come together. Um, the Green Lanterns have come back from being in a alternate dimension and are are back now, and everything's cool and hunky dory. Oh, so that, is, was that how they explained them doing the Star Trek thing? No, that's no, that's just terrible. its own weird fucking thing. It's, Don't ever read it, Steve. I read the second issue of the second series, and I was like, oh god. No, I, I, the first one was not terrible. Like it wasn't terrible. Like the first series, I was like, okay, you did the best with the shit sandwich that you were served. I get it. Cool. But this one is just—I don't even understand what's going on. They started and don't, to date each other. Yeah, sure. And then Jim don't, and Hal are like one night away from being fuck buddies. That would be because they won't commit either of them. Yeah, of course. Well, once they would, oh, there's got to be some shippers out there between Kirk and Jordan. I'll write it. Okay, do it. Cool. Just put it. Make it a yaoi. That's in your wheelhouse. It's right up your. Yeah, well, we, then they would never actually do it. They would just always be close to it. Oh, and like sweating in the shower and stuff like that with like their yeah, lips. That's, that's how you do good yaoi. There's no penetration. Or print, oh. penetrate, print. There it is. Penetration. There is, there's none of that penetration. There we go. God, I couldn't even get it after I tried to reset. <laughs> you can't yeah. get any of that penetration. Yeah. The, your mouth. You can't get the, the penetration in your mouth. If there's penetration, it that's hentai. Doesn't matter what flavor of it is. It is. It's yeah. Just how that works. It's a tentacular spectacular. Yeah. Whatever makes you happy, Steve. I mean, uh, Hal can do that with the ring or something. So yeah. Well, it, it'll be a different kind of ring, though. It'll be a cock ring, is what I'm saying, Dustin. A I got cock it. ring. Oh, okay. Would we, you just talk ring. about this comic book? We're getting like if we're just gonna sit here and write the fan fiction. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I'm calling it One Night on the Bridge okay. of Passion. <laughs> right. And what about Kirk's, passion? What about passion rings on the bridge of the Enterprise? Okay, I like that better. See, okay. now, now we're getting somewhere because then we're incorporating both of them. Yeah, it's going to okay. start with Captain's Log. I bet it will, and it'll end yeah. with that too. Exactly. So I don't have the rest. Just a lot of uh, brushing of shoulders and. Uh, see, oh, this, but are we Al still Jordan talking? About, probably sweaty. Are we this talking about a, a yaoi, or still are we talking about penetrative? hardcore sex i mean whatever you write your fan fiction you can write the hardcore part i'll write the the romance okay steve here's how i That's would do people are showing up they're showing up for the romance but you <laughs> can you can showing... get them off no listen you can get on. them off okay hold sir on. hold on i i usually do <laughs> um but they're not coming pun intended <laughs> for the romance they, yeah, are they are literally coming for that explosive orgasmic period where Hal Jordan, because I feel like he would be the top throw. Oh, totally. Kirk's yeah. a bottom. Yeah. A power sure. bottom, but you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would, yeah, for sure. He would work for it. But like you would, he would throw Kirk against that big display thing and just like whisper in his ear, 
like the 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 uh, oath of the Green Lanterns is like <laughs> in brightest day, in blackest, and right when he says night, he just like slowly slides it in, and then they they are they become one. <laughs> one day we will talk about this comic book, but so right now. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern. That's I don't know. You don't got a segue out of that. That is this just, is what it's about. This is what it's about. It's Kirk and Jordan. Just okay. Yeah, really hitting it. Um, Guy Gardner, objectively the the best Green Lantern. In number fifteen, at the end of issue fifteen, he so all the Green Lanterns are tasked with going out and finding the Sinestro Corps, who are kind of scattered across the universe, and saying you're either with us and you can join us up, or you're against us and you're just going to go into one of the science cells and you're and going to be in prison. So Guy Gardner being Guy Gardner uh, goes, he like leaves his ring on Oa or Mo, Mogo. I can't remember where they are right now, wherever the HQ is. And John Stewart is in charge of the Green Lantern Corps. He leaves his, uh, his ring and he just goes out for Arkillo. Now, if you don't know who Arkillo is, he is the second in, or was once the second in the command of Sinestro. He's like mm-hmm. the evil version of Kilowog. He looks like this. He looks like Kilowog, but with like fangs, basically. Yeah. And he's fucking huge. So Guy Gardner shows up in his old warrior outfit, right? Like, so the Guy Gardner who, like, <laughs> even before his warrior outfit, he had the big G on the, it's like during the 90s, and he had like the, the leather jacket and they had a massive G, which is so yeah. fucking baller. Like, your name is Guy Goddamn Gardner, and you have a G right on your fucking oversized jacket that's badass that's like me showing up with an s which i would totally do in a fight against a mutant warhog just bt dubs uh so he shows up and he doesn't have a ring on and he's just like drinking a beer he's like i'm here for a kilo uh because i want to fight you and i don't have a ring and so it was like what the fuck and so our killer shows up and he's like well i'm just gonna eat you and this is that fight and it's Really beautifully drawn. It's by Venditti still, who has somehow man- maintained uh, ownership over this as much as you can uh, over the Green Lanterns. And it's by um, uh, what's his name? Quit, dude, he like he's just like, hey, I, I'm going to give you like fifty, hundred issues, whatever. Yeah, but like I think he would still be on EXO if they hadn't taken him off EXO. And yeah, that's true. I mean, now he's making that sweet DC money though, so I guess he yeah. wouldn't. Uh, but well, it's now still- he's, he's doing Eternal Warrior as well oh is he yeah oh well, he's been cool. doing eternal warrior but they're rebooting it and he's getting another one but he's still okay yeah yeah well that's good anyway um it's drawn by rafa sandoval <clears throat> who i really like actually oh uh, shit that's i know that guy he was at valiant he worked with him on exo yeah so uh, i wonder how he got that job yeah exactly <laughs> um so this is basically just guy gardner fighting Arkillo, and you'd think that Arkillo like the first thing he does, Arkillo just smashes him in the face. And of course, because everybody has to bring up one punch with Guy Gardner, like he goes down and you're like, oh fuck, like Guy Gardner's not getting up. But he does. And you it cuts between the fight and his abusive relationship with his dad, which I think as a Guy Gardner fan, him being objectively the greatest Green Lantern of all time, is a little bit problematic because I just like the fact that he's a dick. I like the fact... Mm. Like he went through this brain damage, and because like back in the day, his his battery exploded, and he went into a coma, and he came out like just this massive dickhead. But I like the I like Guy Gardner because, and I've said this before on the show, he is what would happen if most people got a power ring. Like he is super super willful. 
he cannot thread that needle like like how Jordan. He's not like filled with empathy and love and sugar and spice like um, uh, Kyle Rayner, and he's not like this resolute military guy. He is just a dude with a power ring who's got a humongous chip on his shoulder, and that's where his real power is. So I'm not a huge fan of this, but it does intercut between them. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, hmm. Guy Gardner gets back up, and he's like, "Nah, nah, this not this fight does not end there," and he just fights. He basically gets his ass kicked by Arkillo for most of the fight. Um, and he's just like a bloody pulp. It's it's close to like an invincible fight, I would say. Oh, okay. It's like just blood all over his fucking thing. And he's just taking shot after shot. But eventually, he kind of wears him down. And he wins. He beats Arkillo. And he is... Dustin, I'm just going to show this to you and to anybody who's watching us on YouTube. This is the last... Can you see that? I can see myself now. No! You can't see it. It's too bad, but you'll have to check it out. Anyway, he is fucking just a mask, red mask of blood. Sandoval does a great thing, uh, some great art here. And seemingly, he goes into another coma at the end. So he gets up. It's like that uh, that match between Triple H and who was it? Uh, HBK? It was like the last man standing match when they both kind of like got up and one of them fell down and then just one of them got up for a second and then fell down and won the match. Um, and it was basically that. And I think it's badass. I think that Vin Diddy has not only figured out how to write Green Lanterns, but he figured out, more importantly, how to write Guy Gardner. And that's fucking cool. It's really good to have Guy Gardner back. So he figured out how to write your favorite Green Lantern. Yes, he did. And that's all that matters. <laughs> Too bad the Green no. Lanterns still yeah. sucks a butt. Oh, it's not great. But this this one is markedly better. And it looks fantastic. Um, and it's usually, um, what's his name? Uh, Ethan Van Skyver, who does the art. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, his stuff has gotten... Sometimes he loses his focus or something like that, and he goes a little bit off the rails, and I don't like the way he draws belts. But uh, <laughs> in this series, for the most part, he's been really good. And I'm just glad that I can read a Green Lantern book again. So Yeah, I think with Venditti, he needs like a consistent pool of artists, and since he knows how to do art himself, he knows how to like pull shit out of them. So, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've jumped on that series a couple times, and every time I've actually enjoyed it. So, I'm yeah, not, uh, I'm not yeah. surprised it's doing a lot better. So, absolutely, man. Like, just check this out. I'd be interested to see what you think of it when you. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and one thing I've noticed about DC, I know everyone's kind of like, there's a bunch of people that are just like, oh, Rebirth is is shit and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Not to name drop Nick Spencer again, but he's one of the people. Um, and and I've I've seen some readers and stuff. They're just like, oh, it's it's shit and everything. But I'm like, honestly, I think it's DC trusting the creators a lot more than when they had the whole editorial kerfuffle. And I think it's back to being like true comic books, to where it's like, you know, some Bendis always said, there's going to be highs and lows the longer you're on a book, and that's what kind of makes comics different and more interesting at times. And I've always agreed with them on that because you could be reading something like and John's had it on green lantern. There'd be times you're just like, ah, oh, this isn't really working. And they're like, Oh, vent blew it up anyway. And you're just like, Oh, thank God. So <laughs> yeah. like there's just anytime someone's on, you know, and you can make the same argument for even Tom King on Batman, like the same shit has happened. And I think that's what makes DC a little more interesting to me at the moment. Whereas Marvel, you know, I feel just like the, the person I was quoting before. I don't, I don't fucking know the landscape, you know, mm. like there's, uh, there's red hulks that can, do a 
press a button and be a dick for an hour or so. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like Marvel, doesn't make Marvel. sense. Like Squirrel no. Girl's everywhere. What? <laughs> no, Wolverine and Spider Man are everywhere. Squirrel Girl is in a fucking Minnesota doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing where she belongs because she was a joke character. I'm not gonna get into it, but uh, I, I know seriously, I do. <laughs> I do think that DC is doing a lot of it for the very reasons that you mentioned. I, I completely agree with that. They're they're experimenting more. They're having more fun with books again, which is really what you need in a big two, in one of the big two. And I think they're they're knocking most of the shit out of the park. Like I've really been enjoying a lot of their books recently, and I have not been enjoying many of Marvel's. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, everyone points to the sales figures, but again, I point to the fact the downloads and the fact that Marvel has variant cover schemes. Yeah. Like, I think people underestimate how how much that saves Marvel's ass having all those like Venom Month and shit like that. Like, when you require retailers to buy a certain amount of books to get that one variant, you're surprising that you get forty percent. Oh wait, not to me, but whatever. Was there another book that you hated this week? No, actually, no. I I avoided the painful reading. Of because uh, a couple weeks ago I did I read everything IDW released in one week, Steve. Jesus. And I wrote a mini review. If you go to comicbusters.com, some of you have probably seen it. It's called There Can Be Only One. And I go through a publisher's entire release for the week and I say, if you're only gonna buy one book by this publisher, it's this one. And uh I did that with IDW. And it was uh it was an experience. I had I didn't realize how many how long it had been since I had read a lot of IDW. <laughs> just seeing it, my God, their editorial style is just stamped into everything. Yeah, it was like just reading the same book <laughs> over and over, just different different setting and writer on the title. But uh, so XO Man of War number one rebooted or relaunched by Matt Kent. And uh, I forget he's doing the art, but he's real, he's real badass. So Eric has left Earth. I just kind of assume everyone's dead. Like, I know his wife is dead because he has, like, I don't know, like a, a moment where he's just like, nah, she's gone. Uh, he's banging some chick with a tail. Oh, good for him. And she's confused why he doesn't have a tail. Not confused, but she's just like, you're all right for a guy who doesn't have a tail. <laughs> kind of thing and this planet is in like just a heavy duty war and he is not rocking the suit at all he's just he's bearing all these scars he's got a a big broad like back now that he's just like shows and stuff and they they come recruiting because the way they recruit is they're just like hey you're part of the army now that's it like let's go and uh they're just like, how how have we not like seen you before or whatever? And then he's like, boom, reveals he's missing his left hand. And you're just like, what the fuck? Wow. Yeah, the Aquamandum. Uh, <laughs> and so the woman's like, no, don't take him. You know, like he's like a fucking foreigner. Leave him, leave him alone. Shit, this isn't his war. And he's just like, I'll be back. And they, they laugh. They're like, <laughs> because people that are recruited like that, are called fodder like they don't even give them weapons they just expect them to take bullets so that the real people that signed up with the military can like get through and shit but 
this is Eric, the man of war, you know, he, he, and like, that's it. Like the whole issue is pretty much just him going through these different stages and you kind of see intercut between this other guy who's considered fodder, but he's fought. And so he kind of knows what's what to expect that they're going to face and shit. And it's great because they get to this one part where they finally like have made it over this ridge. And that guy is just like, oh, shit, the rumors were real. And this like shark thing, like shark that can walk on land and has like a laser beam eyes and shit. Like just what picture it. Ex- yeah, it just annihilates him. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, and then it kind of like walks around like an ATAT, and so Eric just takes it out like Luke Skywalker, and just like takes the legs out and fucking gouges out its brain. Nice. And so then they give him a suicide mission as his reward, and that's kind of like where the issue like leaves off. But uh, the suit talks now, hmm. and because uh, at one point like he's he's like really into this chick because I mean Eric's a lover, like he he loves, he doesn't want to fight, like that's very been something that's been in his character since the the reboot but uh he goes and he like reveals that he's like just hid the suit underground and shit and he takes a piece off of it and like hammers out a ring for himself um because he wants to make sure he comes back to the his lady and uh the suit's like you know i could have just like given a piece of myself willingly you didn't have to take it so forcefully and he's just like don't you fucking talk to me he's like i don't want to hear from you and you don't tell me what to do like he, has, like he hates the fucking suit now, but uh, it, like he knows he needs it, so he he won't send it away. But it was just very interesting, just like his relationship with the suit is pretty terrible. And it's, I was just like, ah, oh, damn. And did, did I mean, they explain why that is, or they just no, they just, they just tease oh, it like that. Hmm. So um, I mean, it's a, it's a really good first issue. And the art is worth showing up for alone. The art is so fantastic. All the like the war and shit. It looked a lot like not a lot, but like kind of the similar style to um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Juan Juan Jose. No, shit. I can't remember his name. Shit. No, (laughs) asshole. it's the guy like he's doing a lot of valiant stuff now but he was he did like nancy in hell he did uh black summer with uh, warren ellis oh god i just for some reason i blanked on his name and he's one of the like i always have always praised this guy on the podcast and now i can't remember his fucking name i'm on it go ahead keep talking but uh yeah i mean his art's similar towards very uh detailed and like to the point of like ugly people are ugly and that's just how it is but it, it has this very consistent look to the world and i mean eric is just man what the fuck is going on today steve they're, they're, i'm telling you man the world is against us yeah they're just like podcasting huh well you, you're past your time so not today uh his name was uh juan jose rip ryp rip i just couldn't remember the last name that's what was fucking me up i was just like i know i got the first two parts what's his last name <laughs> dude i just remember black summer being fucking gnarly it was yeah. like and that art was seems like it'd be perfect for an exo book yeah i mean it's it's not the exact same style because he he illustrates his people i'd say more photo re- realistically okay. uh, than rip does but it's like the violence is very over the top in this and matt can almost just went to the artist so was like just go 
go bananas, just show death and destruction and just show war. And this guy delivers on it. Uh, the, whoever the actual oh, artist is, I don't, I don't remember the actual artist's name. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds really fucking good. Like, yeah, is it a it, good, is it a good uh, time to get back on board? Would you say with the title? Yes, definitely. Because okay. he, it's clear that Matt Kent's going for like not necessarily a different take. He's going for a different tone for the book. Um, you know, obviously Eric's out in space. They're not dealing with the Earth side and everything. Uh, and so it's just it's very different. Like uh, Venditti's got very political through most of it. Of um, you know, and it was interesting. It was a good like politics of it. Of like, hey, what would happen if this guy just set up and was like, yeah, we're our own fucking nation. What are you gonna do about it? Mm. And how the world would respond, and how you know we would deal with. I and mean, there was a lot of talk. You know, it dealt with xenophobia a lot in it because there was aliens on the Earth and they had just gone through a war with these aliens. And so there was just like this, this fear of them. And they were like, Hey, we just want to fucking live here. Now we don't have a planet. You guys kind of helped us destroy that. So in a way we're your responsibility. We're your <laughs> planet's refugees, if you will, a little ahead of its time maybe, but uh, you know, so like, but it's clear Matt Ken's going for a different tone and a different relationship with the suit. So, Hmm. But it's it's a really good read. It's really quick too, unless you just sit there and, and stare at the art like I did. So <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. I didn't even know that was out. Uh, I will be definitely checking that out because I don't, I don't think it is out yet. But oh, okay. Well, then I will definitely be checking out when it comes out because yeah. that sounds like I've been wait. I've been wanting a way in because I did like I think the first couple of um, arcs uh, when they relaunched it or whatever. I thought it was great, and then just for one reason or another. It just kind of fell off my radar. Yeah, so this is a good time to come on. Yeah, exactly. So that sounds that sounds awesome. That sounds really cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was it was pleasant because I was like, you know, I mean, I didn't have a fear that Matt Kitten couldn't do it, but it was just like, all right, that was a hell of an arc that Vendetti did. I mean, he did like five years on the fucking book or whatever. Um, you know, like I was saying before, you don't want to be the guy after the guy. So what's he going to do? And I think he played it smart and that he. He was like, I'm not going to try to do the same thing. I'm just going to just narrow my focus on just the character and his relationship with the suit instead of the world around him. So that's smart. That's smart. Like it's always I always like it when if if there's like a big event or sweeping space opera, let's say that you recoil, that natural recoil, the sphincter needs to relax again. Right. Like. I feel like that's always really, really important for storytelling, especially sequential storytelling. And then you yes. can kind of prolapse again. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well, Steve, yeah. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to follow that. So, yeah, that's fair enough. I hear that a lot. And oh, cool. uh, I think that's it. I mean, I think we're. Was there. Did you have another one? Um, no, I'm good. I don't think the internet's going to hold together. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. I was like, I think you were supposed to go again, but I I'll save it for next time. Don't worry. I don't know what that means, but we'll be here next time. God willing, the internet will cooperate. So you can thank uh, Canada U.S. relations for that one. Yeah, Just, uh, that's that's why it's rough right now out there. Yeah, they're not even letting signals beam across borders. Yeah, seriously. So. I mean, you you can just eavesdrop on this for free. We have it on the YouTube, guys. So just ease up a little yeah, bit. Seriously, fucking back off, please. 
Uh, that'll do it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching in the future. Uh, tell your friends. You can uh, always catch us on conquestors.com where this is hosted. You can still find it on iTunes and Google Play as well. And we hope to hear your comments, your questions. Let us know on social media. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's light beware my power, green lantern's light. <laughs>